internet, you are definitely going to have to fuck this goat. My name is Matthew Kroll. Wait, what? What what do I I have to do? And your name is Shakir Dowd, and this is the only podcast about movies. Why is there a goat in the room? Where did you even get one? (laughs) Where did you find this thing? I have, I'm from New Hampshire. I'm sure this is a health and safety problem. I have access to all sorts of barnyard animals. And I don't want to ask why. And this is the only podcast about the film Goat. Goat. The greatest of all time. No? No? That's what goat is. That is what goat is. That's not what this goat in the room is. No, no. Uh yeah, no, I wanted to do a nice uh wanted to do a nice little home movie this week, you hear? I also maybe I thought that you wanted to do a crossover with the witch and bring in Black Phillip again. Oh, uh, uh, if only the goat in this movie was Black Phillip. That would be dope. Would be delicious. So <laughs> it tastes like butter. Um yeah, no, this movie, uh, interestingly enough, came out uh, on VOD the same day it got released in theaters. That's yeah. This last Friday. Yeah, and uh, I mean, again, because of our schedules, this that made life a lot easier uh, to go and see this because we didn't have to leave the comfort of our home. It was either this, which I thought would be more of an interesting conversation, but there was another film that got released on VOD that I want to give a shout out to that I haven't seen yet, but God, I want to. It's called uh, End of a Gun. And it's a new Steven Seagal movie. Oh, God. New. Let me just say that sentence again. New (laughs) Steven Seagal movie. It looks atrocious and I cannot wait to watch it. I thought he'd retired and had become a cop. Not anymore. Now he's playing a retired cop in a movie again. (laughs) He also looks exactly like South Park made him look in the Safe Space episode. Oh, God. Uh, Look, my criteria for watching a Steven Seagal movie is it's got to make me laugh. I mean, the trailer's hilarious. Right. It's just not meant to be. Uh, I love quick cuts flashing to black or flashing to white while he's fighting to make it look like he's actually moving. He's like a flip book at this point. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Poor Steven Seagal. I really like that movie, Executive Decision. I love Under Siege, and I love Under Siege 2. I love Executive Decision where he dies in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Spoiler alert. But But Steven Seagal is not in the film, Goat. He's not in the film, Goat, though though he would be... No, he wouldn't be a wild He wouldn't really make any sense. Uh, Because this is a film directed by Andrew Neal. Yeah, a director I didn't even remember I was a fan of. You didn't remember you were a fan of? Was it because of Darkon? Yeah, Darkon. I saw Darkon, and I really, really enjoyed Darkon. Uh, What's what's Darkon about? uh, Darkon is basically a documentary about LARPers. Now, (laughs) uh, let's live action role players, for those of you who don't know. Now, it's funny. LARPer is just not a good acronym for that. I feel like there could be a bitter acronym to make that sound cool. Listen, I dip my toe into a lot of nerd. And uh, LARPing has... Poor poor nerd. uh, uh, (laughs) LARPing has... Well, it's it's Hell Week, you hear? LARPing has always been the thing that has been my, like... I will never cross that line. Listen, I cosplay. I go to conventions dressed as characters. I also play tons he's, of tabletop role-playing games. He's wearing a toga right now for this podcast. I literally, I should love LARPing, but it's just that thing that I was like, I won't do it. I have friends that do it and love it, and I respect them as human beings, but fuck no for me. Anyway, this took a, it was a documentary about LARPers and how, um, the, you know, their real lives versus their fake lives that they do on weekends and special events in these LARPs, and it was fascinating to me, and it, it, it kind of... Uh, other than the few friends that I have that do it, it really humanized the whole interaction for me. So I think I think he's a good director, is what I'm saying. Okay, but that was a documentary. This is yes. this isn't his first feature film. He'd done another film called uh, King Kelly about a Long Island teenager who wants to become internet famous uh, by doing striptease on webcams. I haven't seen that film, but it's got a very provocative cover. Um, well, actually, you know, before we go any further, Shahir, uh, speaking of strip teases and, and websites, we have a website that maybe there's a strip tease on. If you if you find the secret uh, landing page for the onlymoviepodcast.com, you might find a little tantalizing web tease from Matt's cat. Not from me. It's not going to happen. It, she it, is in the Spider-Man suit, so yeah. Remember, remember that dance in Spider-Man? Good times. Uh, but yeah, check out our new website. It's awesome. Also, you can email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any thoughts, requests, that sort of thing to get to us. Uh, and please leave us an iTunes review as well. We really appreciate that. A lot of you are writing in right now telling us how much you enjoy the podcast. We love those emails. Thank you so much. But if you can, uh, what would really help us out is if you just copy and paste those emails without the personal information into an iTunes review and accompany it with some stars, preferably five, but whatever you can give. Did you mention to me that there was a, a couple that listened to us while they were doing chores or something? 
something like yeah, that? Yeah, uh, that's amazing. So thank you. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, people listen to us while they're basically zoning out of like everyday tasks. I really enjoy. I love that I'm like the right dish- now. You are the noise distracting people from a vacuum cleaner. You missed a spot on that plate. If you just go back, get a little more dawn, and scrub that out, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but speaking of things uh, that are not clean. Did you join a fraternity, Matt? I did not. But so uh, the history of this, well, this movie is about, uh, well, on the surface, it's about uh, fraternities and sort of the truth a little bit behind them. There's some other things I think it's trying to say. And that is actually kind of a hard thing to find out because traditionally fraternities keep their rituals secret. Yes and no. Look, okay, so here's my history with fraternities. So when I went to college back Mm -hmm. when I was a freshman, um, I got put in a dorm with a junior because I think I applied early. So I got put in the junior senior dorm randomly like to fill a spot Yeah. Um, with this wonderful dude uh, who was the head of the inter uh, fraternity sorority commission. Like he was like the head of Greek life on campus. Now my campus couldn't have houses, right? He was um, the tender for Greek life people. He, well, no, he was the, he was the, he was the, um, like the hub. He was like one of the governing people of the entire, of all of the fraternity sororities. And he was in a fraternity, right? Uh, he was a wonderful human being. Uh, and he was, yeah, well, this is, this is the thing. So my experience with Greek life has been very interesting. So here I am back then way more goth than I was. And this dude, uh, totally like opened open arms. Like we became really close and really good friends for the, for the two years that we lived together. Mm-hmm. And he constantly invited me to all these parties. Mm-hmm. He, you know, included me in all of his fraternity stuff. And then he kept asking like, Oh, you should join. You should join. And I never kind of had us one of us. I never had the heart to say it. And this is a little bit of a selfish outlook because I know that they do community service. and There's a lot of good things about fraternity life in accompaniment to the bad. But I was I was in my head. I was always like, wait, so you want me to join this thing so I can uh, get, you know, I don't know if hazed, but like treated like garbage for a while and then have to do a bunch of work so I can go to these parties that I'm already going to. Is that is that the well, the main function of fraternities, right, is isn't just the the parties, but it's also the networking. It's like fratern- if you're sure. part of if you're part of a big fraternity, that network that you ju- that you become a part of is is a very valuable resource later in life. Right. Um so As James Franco will will, will attest tell you. to. For um, me personally, so I, uh, so I'm <laughs> as we're well established at this point. Wait, I'm where are you from? Nouvelle Zélande. Oh wow. Um, is that but, in but France? I, that is, yeah. It's it's uh, it's the uh, New Zealand in France. Ah. Um, but I did go to college in America in uh, U- UC Irvine. Go Ant Eaters. Um, I <laughs> really? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I guess to, we were the Falcons. I don't know. Uh, I, I went to UC Irvine, so I went to. Um, I was uh, sent there for an exchange year. Um, and I was dropped into a international dormitory. And the first thing that <laughs> fun fact, the key to getting into that place is pronouncing the word dormitory, dormitory, dormitory. Um, and then I was a, I was arisen at 6 a.m. on the second day of my stay at a dormitory with the sound of we are Delta Gamma. Look what we can do. We are Delta Gamma. You can be one too. Well, that burned in. And boy, did it burn in because they did it every day for like three months outside my dorm room at 6 a.m. And I was like, fuck these people. So I lived next door to a, uh, to a sorority and also next door to a fraternity. I think it was a Kappa uh, Kappa something. I don't even know which, which, which fraternity it was. Um, so I went to a couple of sorority and fraternity parties. Um, and then I, I learned like the weird rituals of frater- fraternities and sororities. And obviously I look at this from a complete outsider's point of view. People told me like, Oh, if you rush for a fraternity, I don't actually even think that was an option for me because I was an international student. I don't think anyone, no one offered for me to like rush. Um, but if you did, you were hazed. And then you got to go to parties and I was like, fuck that. I don't need this in my life. Now, I know that sounds like a little bit holier than thou and a little bit like uh, snobbish about the thing. But I honestly, I don't uh, I don't need that in my life and I don't need to go to parties that much in my life of these parts. And the thing is, is that I got to observe like fraternity culture, which the this certainly exists in New Zealand, not as fraternities, but this kind of like the college drinking culture that you become sure. part of, which is that like, let's drink until we fall down. 
and let's jump up and down until we fall down. And I and I only until you fall down. Interesting. Yeah, I would, only, I would which, imagine you guys were more hardcore. But no, sorry. no. Well, and I have bad ankles, so I fall down very quickly, and then I'm out. Um, but um, I I have definitely always the guy that looked at that from an outsider's point of view and was like, I don't understand what's happening here, and I don't know why we need to do this. Um, but. But that's not to say I can't see the appeal of when you're young, you're out of the house for the first time, you're on your own, you kind of want to go a little nuts. You want to belong somewhere. You want to belong. And I think, you know, like going a little crazy is is valuable. Just don't hurt anyone. Where you want to go, where people know that troubles are all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Except in that scenario, the drinking is a little slower and a little quieter and a little sadder. <laughs> and he do it with a mailman and yeah. a psychiatrist. Um, so I, I know I, I, I've had some first, some firsthand experience of fraternities, but I do think, I do think it is very strange. Yes, but but look, hey, if it works for you, great. I'm I'm happy for it. It just wasn't sort of my cup of tea, and I got fairly up close and personal with it. And I just I was like, no, I'm good. Like it's it's one of those things as well as that. I think people in fraternities would look at us as weirdos for not wanting to be part of. Yes, it. so it definitely has to do with personality types and whatnot. Um, as they say in this movie, this is not for you. Yeah. So this film, um, it takes. Uh, again, I I only have my my uh interactions with college, and I definitely knew some guys like some of the guys in this movie, but not a lot of them were like this right. where i was going to school um uh this takes a look at the fraternities as um in maybe a more realistic but also more harsh way and the interesting thing i found about this movie is it's not about the fraternity well it's i guess the we'll fraternity talk- is a means to an end in the film i think i think we'll we'll talk about our first impressions in a second but but obviously the film the the major selling point of this movie is the fact that nick Peg- jonas <laughs> Is it Nick Jonas? It is Nick Jonas. Nicola, Nicholas Jonas. Nicholas Jonas. Uh, I just worked on a project where he did a big performance, and and I have to say I'm impressed. And it looks and by going by goat, he is he is hidden for them Justin Timberlake dollars. Uh, you know that Justin Timberlake. Wait, light. is 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 Nick Jonas the robot in your robot music video? No, he's not. Ah, but he's the robot in Goat. No, he's actually. I actually quite liked him as a screen presence. In this I film. actually couldn't tell until the. I, I, there's this is a spoiler. Two, there's alert. a Jonas. There's Jonas Brothers, right? Because there's another one in that band that. that well, that there's just, three of them. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's. Two I don't know anything the, about the Jonas yeah. Brothers. Um, like, but deal. I will say this: uh, throughout the first half of the movie, I was like, "Is he good or is he bad?" And by the end, I was like, "Oh, he's good." Yeah, I, I like him as a screen presence. Yes. Um he's not the he's not actually the lead in this film. That is no. played by uh Ben Schnitzer. Um but but basically What up Cadgar? He was Cadgar in the Warcraft movie. What up? I actually didn't like him in the Warcraft movie. I liked him in this. Good. Um <laughs> Ben Schnitzer and Nick Jonas play brothers Brad and Britt, who are um, <laughs> whose names are so interchangeable that I didn't quite know who was who until about two thirds through the film. Uh, Brad at the beginning of this film is basically carjacked at the end of a party, and uh, due to being a nice guy, due to being trying a nice to give guy, another guy a ride home, and, and is beaten to a pulp, um, which which causes some serious trauma in his life, but not enough to not want to go to college, even though he flirts with the idea of not going to college for a little while. Ends up going to college and ends up rushing uh, Phi Sigma something yeah <laughs> um and uh phi and, sigma something it's yeah, phi sigma mu phi sigma mu okay there you go um and the film then takes a turn uh, to be about the the rushing process and how and it's and essentially how brad deals with the trauma of being attacked and how the the rushing and hazing process kind of uh, reintroduces them to that trauma now or as imdb puts it yeah reeling from a terrifying assault a 19 year old boy enrolls into college with his brother and pledges the same fraternity what happens there in the name of quote brotherhood tests the boy and his loyalty to his brother in brutal ways see i don't think that that's exactly what the film is about no bad imdb bad i think those those events are kind of loosely connected yes um but and and that to me, so my first and my general impressions of this movie are that 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 that's almost the problem of this film, which is that it is it's a little too broad in scope and it's using fraternity hazing to tell a slightly different story. But where it's strongest is in the fraternity hazing. Um, the things that I liked most were 
seeing the scenes of how hazing goes down and how crazy hazing gets. That's kind of what I wanted from this film to see the madness of hazing. Unfortunately, that's really, again, not what the movie is that, about. That's though. not what the movie's about. What's the movie about here? Cause I didn't get it until the end. And actually Robin gave me a thing and I was like, Oh yeah. What it was, well, I mean, it's about basically the, the, the trauma of masculinity and the trauma of finding your own masculinity. Um, but, but, and that's what she said. And I didn't get that at the end. Really? I even, it ended even right? the first shot. The first shot kind of says that. to me. Oh, I know the first shot's beautiful. It's just slow-mo of just uh, dudes fucking cheering each other on like that. And, and you don't know what they're watching, no. but you know, but it, it is all kind shirtless. of horrific. Yeah. Um, but, but no, what I was going to say was, uh, because when it ended, because you like what you said, the scope is so broad. I was like, what is this thing trying to say? And then Robin said, oh, well, it's about losing your masculinity and trying to find it in kind of the wrong places. Yeah. And and, and, and I, 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 I completely agree with that. I agree with that. But I think I think the scope of the film is a little broad in terms of trying to deal with Brad dealing, you know, dealing with that trauma yeah. and then the hazing. And the problem is, is, again, I think the hazing stuff, as far as cinematic um as far as the things that I'm interested in cinematically from this film, they are the most interesting scenes to me. But the problem is, is the longer that they go on, and they're very well executed, well done. There's a continuity to them that 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 is um, technically very proficient. The problem is, is the longer that they go on, the more I lose track of Brad's character, and the more I lose track of the dynamic between Brad and Britt. There's even a moment at which Britt walks off during one of the hazing scenes, and I was like, oh yeah, that guy's still there. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so I, it, it's very, very broad in scope. It takes a long time to get where it wants to go. Um, and I think in terms of films about the trauma of masculinity, um, you know, the, there's, there's a couple of films that come to mind. One is, um, Antonio Campos's film after school, um, which deals, which is not about fraternity hazing, but it deals with a young man trying to identify, trying to figure out his own identity. And, and the other film that I think is really amazing, not the, again, not in the same world, but it does deal with some of the same issues of masculinity, is Whiplash. Um, and I think uh, Damien Chazelle's film Whiplash is so pointed and it's so well-crafted. It's kind of like a, Whiplash is so good. Good. <laughs> Have you seen Whiplash? Uh, not all of it, no. Oh my God, you got you got to watch this whole movie. I know. I Whiplash know. is so pointed and so razor sharp that that it's entirely, um, I know this is a phrase I used uh, last week, but hermetically sealed. It feels uh, so tight. And, and the problem with this film with, with Goat is it doesn't feel as tight. And I'm not sure, you know, by the time we get to the end where where big, broader, dramatic moments are happening, I'm kind of not as invested. Even though, even though I do think the writing by David Gordon Green, a person we're going to talk about in a little bit because he's a very he's a personal favorite filmmaker of mine. Um, he wrote this film along with Andrew Neil. Um, I think the scenes are constructed very well. I I think the acting is really good. Um, I I think James Franco injects a level of mania and madness to this movie that I really wanted, and I think the film really needed. Um, he's only in it for one scene, but I do, yeah. think, but I do think that the film is kind of broad and a little bit sprawling and it kind of, it's the way I would describe it is it's a little bit, it has a little too much fat on it, which is yeah. not what you would describe these actors who are all cut like stone. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess my thoughts is, hey, is Brooklyn University, Brooklyn University is not a real university, right? Uh, everyone from up. Brooklyn University is writing us in. No! Right now. <laughs> um, I just figured that was a fake university with the fake Phi Sigma Mu and all that stuff. Um, uh, no, I agree. No, I, think I don't it, think it's a real university. I think it was shot really well. It felt the world felt real enough to me. And it, maybe that's not hard to do in like a real life thing. But at the same time, lately, I feel like people are missing real world stuff in films. And this does feel like an actual place in an actual like, time that exists. Um, let's see. The pacing, I thought, was sort of like kind of like what you said. It was rough in the beginning. But once it got moving, I felt it was OK. I loved James Franco like you did. Um, I just, I just love like, because again, the energy he brings to spring breakers, for example. Right, right, right. But this is the thing. Yeah. He comes for that one scene and then he's gone. And I was like, well, okay. But I like what he brings in that scene. Like, I like the idea that yeah, this he brought it and then he left with it. And I was no, like, Ugh. I guess, I guess what I liked is this idea that, that brotherhood is eternal and people are, sure. uh, people stay in the fraternity because they need right. that. It's, you know, like they need that masculine outlet and that's what this this scene you know he's like oh, he's like i gotta get back to the kids yeah yeah but this you know like him lying on the couch 
with his vomit. With vomit, yeah. kind of reminds me that he needs this outlet, and that's what this that's what this brotherhood provides him. Yeah. Is an outlet. We are gentlemen. I'm, like, you know, I'm not sure you're using that word correctly there, but you know, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, I I I, I found it, it such an interesting swing from Darkon too. Honestly, like we were saying before, <laughs> what well, doc, yeah, documentary, and- yeah, well, documentary and about like, but at the same time, while it was kind of a uh, swing of the opposite side of the pendulum, it's still in an odd way, not what I think the primary focus it is, but it's focusing on characters that want to fit in somewhere. Right. And they're two very different places. Yeah. Uh, one being a LARPing community in a documentary and one being a fictitious fraternity. Right. Um, but I think that uh, that must be something that's close to the director's heart of sort of like... Well, it's an adaptation of a Brad Land book. And it was based on an actual events or whatever in the beginning. Yeah, Whenever no. a film says that, I want to smack its stupid face. Well, I mean, the movie we're going to be doing next week, uh, you know, Deepwater Horizon. Yes, but based- the beginning of that film, I bet you, does not say based on actual events. I'm pretty sure I'm going to put a bit right down right now. It actually does. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> um, the, but like uh, the, I don't know. I, I, I uh, it sounds, it's, it sounds like this movie is generating the kind of not meh response, but, but like, you know, you know it happened. It exists. I just think with all the focus on the fraternity stuff, the the real story of what this film is trying to tell you is a, is how Brad is dealing with stuff. But like what you said, it's so spread out and so like all over the place. And by the end of the film, by, by the two thirds or three fourths way through when some shit starts hitting the fan with the fraternity and like all this other stuff, I was like, wait, am I supposed to quit? Where? I only have so much, uh, so many fucks to give, right? right? Where should I be placing these fucks? Like, right. So so and the thing the thing there is that um the 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 reason I mentioned Antonio Campos's film After School which is a film I really love I think it's really really great is that it actually has two or three of the same scenes in it uh, Antonio uh, After School uh, stars Ezra Miller as a person who witnesses uh, a death on a, in his high school and then deals with the trauma of that death and it has that same scene of a of a young boy slapping himself in the face repeatedly until he becomes something else, and then also a, a scene of um, him watching fairly rough pornography and how that affects his life. Now those two scenes exist in um, in Goat as well, but they don't carry the same weight because because this they don't seem to have consequence to what, right to what Brad yes. is dealing with. Yeah, it's kind of like the film spreads itself a little too thin. Yeah, no, uh, a lot. Like, if this film, like Black Phillip, is delicious yeah. butter, it's yeah. spreading like maybe a quarter of a stick across a whole loaf of bread. It's 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 too, <sighs> and it, it it unfortunately again, David Gordon Green, filmmaker, I adore. My uh, if if you want to watch me trying to rip off David Gordon Green, watch a short film I made called Double Happy, which is really really heavily influenced by uh, David Gordon Green's film George Washington. Um, David Gordon Green is a filmmaker that has, um, made some of the most poetically beautiful, dreamy films like George Washington, All the Real Girls and Undertow, and then shifted gears entirely into slapstick comedy with James Franco in Pineapple Express, The Babysitter. Uh, he did, the last film he just did was, uh, Our Brand is Crisis. And he, I think... You know, like maybe being attracted to this story, particularly for like what the first shot of this movie indicated what it could be, which was, again, similar to Harmony Corinne's film Spring Breakers for me. It's this dreamy look at the pathos and and psychology of... Of masculine American identity. It's Remember not, how we said we went to college earlier? Yeah, I know. I barely made it out. <laughs> uh, so... You know, like, I think all that stuff is really fascinating, but it gets lost with character. I mean, it, it generally, the, char- the the actual character story that, that you should be concerned about is lost, and it doesn't have that kind of dreamy, hazy mania of a film like Spring Breakers, which, again, is the reason why I loved it when James Franco came in, because he gave the film that kind of mania that It I just was really felt to me for. like it, that was a tack-on in a weird way. Like, I just don't... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I liked it, it, but it was so different and it was so different. Like, you're right. It injects it. But then much like a drug, it just goes away. Yeah, maybe that's a commentary on the way we use drugs. I don't think that's a commentary. Uh, No, but um, so let's just get uh, into spoilers. Unless there's anything else you want to you want to tap into before then. No, let's let's 
let's spoil let's, this rotten fruit. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, there's a there's a scene for a spoiler alert. There's a scene where they throw rotten fruit at. Someone. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so basically, after um, Brad gets accosted by these two uh, guys and beaten to a pulp without fighting back, that's an important sort of point in his. To be fair, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was trying to think about that too, and it's 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 hard. It's it's hard to say in a, in a violent altercation, um, what you would do. Uh, two guys versus one guy is is a ru- and, and in the middle of nowhere is a rough go. And so, also, it, I did like the dread of that scene. I really liked the the kind of like you you he kind of knew he was in a bad situation to begin with, but he also kind of like went along with it. Yeah, um, because he was trying to be nice and he's naive, and, yeah. and, and like I could totally see myself doing that as well. And then, and then he is the further he goes on, he knows, oh boy, this is, yep. I'm, I'm in deep doo doo here. Yeah. Uh, so he gets uh, beaten to a pulp and robbed. Uh, then, you know, cuts to the next thing with uh, Brett in the room. And he says this line this is where I first started questioning the script and the acting of Nick Jonas, but it, it went through at the end. He goes, driving around for three hours with my knife looking for these guys. And I was like, okay. Like maybe that's something that this kid would say. Especially, you know, going forward, finding out where he's actually at now, because he's already at college at this point. Yeah. Uh, so and uh, someone else is bringing their gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, OK, you know, he yeehaw. Um, <laughs> so so Brad's fucked up. Uh, he he does the slapping in the car thing out of the police station. The police actually don't really believe him. I like, they believe him, but they're like, oh, it was a drug deal that went bad. Like you were trying I, to get totally drunk. like the thing is with, with you know, when you're with, dealing with like drunken males at, at around that age. They're usually not telling you the truth. I know that's a broad generalization. And so it's really hard to like to to, to sort of parse what they're saying is true or not. And and you're like, yeah, it could be the case that, you know, like it was a drug deal gone bad. Yeah. Um, um so this was sort of doing bumps of coke at the start I of the know. movie. Uh but he wasn't. Bra- Brad was not. Brad was Brad is a, a heart of gold. Yes. So uh him slapping himself in the car after he gets out of the police station is sort of the first sign I really think of him like the effects I li- of I his, really like that scene. Yeah, and, and of and his I, masculinity being sort of or have, having been taken qu- away. It's questioning the mask like his ability to be a man, yeah, I guess in so, some way. So Brett goes off to school, and Brad heals up, and then they go to a summer party, and Brett tries to convince him to come to college and join his fraternity. So this this flippy floppy thing where he was like, "I don't think I'm going to go to college. I think I'm going to stay away for a little bit," and then he flips around because he goes to a to fraternity. one party, sees the girl that he has a crush on, who has a boyfriend that he kisses, and then they have a little moment or whatever, and it, does, it goes that away. doesn't go anywhere. I, I feel again, it's 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 a little bit of tightening, but I felt like the sort of I think the thing is we should have seen. Brad seeing the opportunity to join the fraternity as a way to reclaim his masculinity. And I think it's there, but it just takes a long time. Well, to maybe get there. they did. I mean, I don't know if they did it aptly, but for instance, they're sitting around the circle at that summer barbecue party. And they're like, yeah, man, like if it, you know, even say to him, cause I don't know if he's told them that he might not go to college. Yeah. They, he said like, yeah, if when you're a brother, like that'll never happen again. Yeah. And I think that was a moment like that, but they didn't hammer too hard on it. Yeah, and it it's good, but it takes a long time to get there, and then we're and then we're into college year, the yeah. the wonder years yeah. of college. Um, and Brad decides to go to school. Finally, he uh, and he first sees Brett in his true element at one of the parties that they were throwing, and he seems to have that moment like Brett's up on a on on a on a okay. DJ booth or something. He jumps and he crowd surfs. He's shooting champagne off, and and I think Brad is like, "That's what I want to be." Like he's like, "This is this is what I want my." Yeah. Life to be like. Yeah. Like, I don't want to feel scared all the time. I want to be that confident and I want to be like my brother. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple weird little things happen too. like, uh, it, during, uh, class time, uh, Brad runs into chase. They skip, sh- they skip class, do shots on a Wednesday, start making out with a girr- Now, here's an interesting Chase part was too. an interesting character. Chase was a very interesting character. He was like, uh, I don't know why. He just reminded me of Gene Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. Oh, Gene Ralphio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, he, but like a serious version of him. Just, just a slightly creepier version. But like, it's kind of like you look at this guy, you look at the actor and you're like, I know you're going to be walking, working on Wall street but i also i also have partied with that guy before like not that actual man but like in college like there were guys like that yeah and some of them my friends yeah and it's just it's odd that that's like the mentality of people and people that like later on the film he gets drunk will talk about like how no one else gets it and like us us few are gonna be the guys that make it and da 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 but like that ah, that i've never had that speech given to me by someone who's made it yeah um so uh, then th- this moment they like start, he starts uh, Brad starts after doing a bunch of shots on a Wednesday uh, hooking up with this girl yeah. and about to sleep with her and then he tells her 
drunkenly that he loves her. See, I thought that was a really good scene. Yeah. I, I really like because that. he's starting to get his masculinity back. I don't know if he's getting his masculinity well, no, back, he's, but he's but he's. I mean, he's black. He's almost blackout drunk at that point. And but then he's rejected, and it's yeah. another shot to his masculinity. Now, granted, he did something that if you're trying to hook up with a girl you just met, you don't do. Yeah. Uh, but that's just another, like, here he is being a nice sort of honest dude, even though he's, like, drunk honest, not, like, real honest. I don't think he actually loves this girl. Yeah. Um, but it's biting him in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's just another hit to his ego. Um, so then, uh, finally, and like right before, uh, pledging in hell week starts that we meet the last sort of bro we need to, um, by the name of, uh, let's see, Dixon. That's what it was. Dixon, the big bro, right? The, yeah. the rush leader. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you, you know, gotta, you gotta get Hayes, bro. Otherwise what's his all, what's it all about? Yeah. He's what the one in the trailer. What about? is it all about? And he doesn't make a, Brad doesn't make a great first impression on Dixon and Brett this is the first time you start to see the cracks in Brett, like just wanting his brother to sort of like fit in and be a part of this. Cause they are very close in the film. Right. Um, but there's an interesting dynamic that happens throughout, uh, that we'll touch on, but it's almost like what I feel like aging out of a thing does. Yeah, like like in the beginning, Brett is a hundred percent frat bro and totally about it. And then maybe either th- see through seeing his brother go through this stuff, or maybe just getting older, yeah. he slowly starts to get less and less sort of involved in the in the hokiness or the or the silly ritual, I should say, of what these fraternities do. Not necessarily what they represent, but just sort of how they do their day to day. Um, and I mean, like the film, like there is always the argument that a fraternity is more than just hazing and partying, but the, this film doesn't really present much of. No, we don't see a lot of community service. But is that what it is? Community service? There's a lot of community because you have to do community service. You have to um, do a couple of things. You're supposed to. The idea, from what I understand and what I learned from my roommate in college, is the idea is it's supposed to be an organization that not only helps you later in life, but that 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 helps you have the ability to give back to your community. Right. Um, and I think that works in, in, uh, you know, different ways, different places and different amounts. Yeah. You know, sometimes even there's a scene, uh, later in the film when they have to read from their like manual, I forget what it was called, yeah, yeah, but like but in the bullshit man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's talking about like, they have to read this legally about like how hazing is not allowed. Yeah. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he's making no effort at it whatsoever because yeah. they're hazing them. Yeah. Um, so I, it's different, different folks, different strokes. Uh, it's different all over the place, I'm sure. But then we get into the hazing rituals. Yes. So and- James Franco comes right before then, and you mm-hmm. kind of get that like idea of like the aged out dude of Mitch. Yeah. Um, I do wish he was around for a little more of it, maybe even just another scene, because I always hate it when like there's the cameo with no throwback. Like, like and he's definitely on the poster. Yeah. yeah. So you know whatever. Um. Yep. The but then um the hazing begins. Yeah. We should have a hazing ritual to to come onto the podcast. We yeah. should. Uh, actually, it's funny. Um, uh, as a side note, uh, me and uh, one of our friends and listeners, Nick Parker, just threw a party, uh, in Vermont where the theme was um Fraternity. fraternities. Yeah. And we made two fake fraternities. Uh, keg and tax. Uh, they, one was super like rich hoity toity, and the other one was like uh, America and like very, you know, whatever. Uh, and we actually had hazing rituals the first night, right? Uh, for the, the people, what were the hazing? Um, we named them all. It was actually, it's so interesting when you throw something like this because we're adults <laughs> and we don't want to hurt our friends. Yeah. Um, so we made them choose between three cryptically named things, and then we all got in private, and then we all went to a campfire and did them. And some of them were like, you know, eat uh, the sardine off someone's stomach or like, you know, there's all this weird shit. Uh, but like, it's again, nothing to the extent of the nightmare fuel that the kids are put through in this movie. If you remember our Hell and High Water uh, episode, I, I had a, a funny thing which was called out by a listener about playful racism. And I'm just going to, I'm going to de- delve into my playful racism a little bit here. But white people are weird. <laughs> 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 White people are weird. Yes, I would. I would go as far to say all people are weird. But this film, this film in particular, is the whitest white thing I've ever seen. White people white. Yeah, uh, it's it's and yeah, like there's there's it's just a, it's a culture again, and it's a culture of like that's fueled by alcohol and stupidity. And again, I think in small parts and homophobia and yeah, well, like a, a weird homoerotic tension. You know, like homophobia draped in in 
in homoeroticism. Yeah. You know, like uh, that, that is, that, that's a real difficult tension to under, like to, to, to sort of navigate. But I think, you know, like everyone's kind of comfortable with being homophobic and homoerotic at the same time in most fraternities. Um, I don't know about that in most, in, in this fraternity. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I find the whole thing very weird and I definitely, you know, like there's a one point where, uh, Brett played by Nick Jonas just looks at Brad and says, this is not for you. I can tell you unequivocally, this is not for me. Well, uh, well, well, not for him. So they, they do a bunch of shit like they, you know, obviously force drinking, then push ups, then hot sauce, then bobbing for hot dogs and passing them mouth to mouth. And then uh, they have a dude that doesn't do something put in a cage and they like pee on him. And then uh, they kick all the all the people out of their frat house in the morning. And they, they and also well, they make him run this gauntlet. And Brad falls during yeah. it. And Brett helps him up. Which, now there's a moment. This is a first true moment of tension because, because Brad, Brad says, like, I didn't ask for your help and you helped me. And Brett's like, because I helped you now, they're looking at you like you're weak. I don't feel like that storyline really comes no, through. That it doesn't. Much. And also the, but, but that's where the, I thought it was going. It was setting it up to go there and then it never quite went there. It also like brings in what I think the film should really be about, which is that Brad falls because he's remembering the trauma of being beaten by those two guys at the beginning of the movie. Um, I, I find this whole hazing thing really fascinating. And there's a, there's an element to this that I think we see in, in, in certain, in, in, when you get, get a bunch of people together, we see this happen time and time again. And there's this paramilitaristic fetishism that goes on in this scene as well. It's, it's, it's all driven by this, you know, the full metal jacket kind of idea of military hazing, chanting, um, chanting, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, kind of thing, you know, drink, 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 you will drink, do pushups, that kind of thing. And I, you know, like the, the other place that I've seen this happen recently is I was, I was one of those douchebags doing CrossFit and CrossFit, you know, like as a culture has that kind of circular, no. uh, you know, fetishistic, no thing about like being organized in that sort of way. And I and, have and, a hard time believing that. <laughs> and there's one, there's a scene in there where they, they stack up everyone Guantanamo style. Yes. And I think there's something interesting in the commentary there of the way in which people look for these organization, organizing methods to, to allow them to express their masculinity or to allow them to express you know, from the Freudian point of view, the id factor, the the idea that you have like pure unbridled instinct and you can just, you know, go on it. And that's what, that's what these, you know, the, that's what the first shot of this film is right. about. Um, it reminded me really quickly, uh, there's a great Radiolab episode about uh, why Kenyan runners are the best runners in the world. Huh. And, and one of the reasons why they, this episode talks about why Kenyan runners are the best runners in the world is because of a circumcision ritual that these Kenyan runners undergo. And it's this long ritual that the, these young men in Kenyan villages have to do where they're, they're basically told they have to endure this ritual, which is very painful. And the people that, that successfully go through this often come out to be some of the best runners in the world Interesting. because they're, because they're taught to endure pain at an early age. Right. And so I think initially there's a scene in this in this hazing ritual where he says, we've got to go through hazing, otherwise what's this all about? Someone put a cigarette out of my ass in front of the sorority in the last, you know, last time around. And and there's another scene where where Brett talks about we do this to weed out the weak ones. And so there's this idea that we're creating a culture that of of men, particularly men, that are strong and disciplined through partying and, and and also yeah there's also the interesting side thing about and I find this is interesting I mean you could you could equate this back to a lot of hate in general it's yeah. like this awful thing was done to me so yeah. of course the next generation of whatever the, I have to do this awful thing to them because it was done to me yeah. and if I don't do it to them then what the what was the point of of it being done to me what what I like about the Again, I think the best stuff in this movie circles around the fraternity rituals and the hazing rituals. Unfortunately, character gets lost in that. Yeah. But we see some scenes of um, uh, of Brad looking at photographs of what the fraternity was, and that was gentlemen sitting around. Yes, um, you know, like talking and basically elucidating. And it, it may, maybe I'm I'm naive to think that that's what it was, but it seems to have entirely devolved into 
ritual well, where I, they've forgotten the purpose of the ritual. I wonder how it used to be. Like, for instance, a hundred years ago in these like really old, old, old fraternities, right? Yeah. I'm sure based on the way things were and how society was back then, that the hazing was more occult ritual might've even been a little bit of light bloodletting, like, like some, but some, <laughs> that's some, a paddling, <laughs> but some, but not, not like paddles and shit. Like, I think, I think that evolved as, as sort of the occultishness of these things dissipated it became more of a like oh let's see if they can endure pain and now let's see if they can endure embarrassment yeah. because in a weird way it got softer and then swung back another way to get harder yeah. so uh i do think i i do think there's probably especially in the in the fraternity put forth in this film there is that is lost like you yeah, see these gentlemen we, we don't we don't see, and, and it's, and it's you like, don't see pictures in their in their in their legacy room of them taking the pledges up to the farm and and singing a song about five had a little goat yeah. little goat little goat that you will fuck tonight like yeah and I, I also i also think the film kind of like there's a scene uh because there's a character in this movie who becomes central to the storyline um played uh who, who's who's uh brad's roommate roommate um, who is obviously clearly the weaker character um, and he's going to be and the hazing is going to be difficult for him um, and this is probably the part at which the film is based on a true story because you know this probably happened to a character like that um, I, I, well him I, and Brad have a conversation out when they're in the middle of hell week yeah and they're talking about, about why, why don't you quit and he says well I'm having sex for the first time you know like all of that if I don't finish this it all goes away and 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 the Kenyan you know the thing about Radiolab uh, and the Kenyan ritual is the is the men that don't make it through that circumcision ritual that makes you know that produces the best runners are kind of ostracized from the community and seen as weaker men so crazy and 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 I think what what I'm missing in this film, aside from the hazing, is is the sense of like what's what do you stand to gain from all of this? Like I get the partying, but 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 I don't see like the sense that oh you're a fraternity guy now you know you get that means that you can go through this door instead. Well, of I think the difference is so the the, the Kenyan thing, right? That's yeah. a societal thing of one of, of a society in Kenya. Like that's yeah, but like, that, but that's also but this hold is on, a culture but hold on, but that. this is a culture, yes. Yeah. But in American co collegiate society. Mm. There are hundreds of societies, not hundreds, yeah. tens of whatever that you could join, not just fraternities. So if you don't make it or decide not to pledge one place, you will find a place. College in particular is the place where you find the place. So it what is, I'm saying is there's in, in Kenya, there's probably not a lot of options other than doing this thing here. That doesn't hold any water for me. In fact, when he had that conversation, I saw him as super weak and weak minded because he's so like, this is it. There's nowhere else I can go. The sex isn't because of me. And then if, if I quit, then everyone's going to laugh and know it's like, that's not true here in Kenya for that ritual. A hundred percent here you go join fucking drama club and no one gives a fuck no but i think it i think the rejection of like losing your community is is traumatic especially if you're a man i guess uh, especially i mean especially if you're in college sorry not, i guess not, I, I go back to my example of like i have a problem feeling bad for people that make choices not thinking about the consequences of those choices no, when no. you join something like this if you're not educated then you're a dummy <sighs> i knew no, of course you know, but I, I, what I'm saying is, I understand the, the thinking behind. If I don't make it through this, I'm going to lose out on my community. Right. Um. So I, I completely understand that rationalization, and I understand what the, what that, what happens to that character. I just don't see. I don't think the film kind of like gives us exactly what you gain by going through this process, and I think that, and I think that that's a little bit of a difficult. You know, like it, it makes, especially if you're, if you're not invested in the hazing as I was from an anthropological level, sure. then you're kind of like, well, why am I watching this? Yeah, I got, I had a couple moments of why am I watching this? Because it goes back and forth between like tons of hazing and, and showing what's happening to this fraternity and then the eventual downfall of the fraternity when they're still like after even they get pinned and they're sort of like through hell week, but like they're throwing that rotten fruit. And well, because one of what happens is the roommate... Basically gets has bruises all over his body, gets a concussion, and then goes running on the track after a particular uh, difficult hazing when he gets his tape his his face taped up. I really thought he was going to die. I thought he was going to die too. Yeah, uh, and then he goes running on the track and then he just falls dead of a heart attack. Yeah, and then the fraternity is to blame, and then it becomes. Then I didn't like the whole like, oh, it's obviously fucking Brad because fuck Brad, and they put the goat and they put rat fuck on the goat and like yeah. all this shit. And they put laxatives in their room and all. Basically, that stuff. the fraternity retaliates against Brad, assuming because... he's the one that snitched when yeah. actually it. Was was Brett because Brett 
is over it. Yeah. Brett realizes that it doesn't matter and this stuff is stupid, even though Brad doesn't think it's necessarily all stupid yet. And that to me is the interesting change in dichotomy between the two characters. I don't think it's explored enough, but yeah. like it's either that aging out or witnessing or just maturing that like Brett and Brad are never because of their age are never on. The, they're on the same path, but they're never at the same point. Yeah, and again, I think this th this is actually like a nice moment. Like I I kind of like appreciated what this moment was, but I didn't I, I I didn't think that the film really built up to this moment as strongly as it could have, so that so that I actually felt the weight of Brett sacrificing his fraternity. I think Brett, you know, real he, he he's saying all along none of the shit matters, and everything that we're making you do is kind of bullshit. But at the same time, I don't I don't know if he entirely believes it and i don't know if this moment really convinces me of that it's, right. it's a nice what i like about again nick jonas in this scene yeah. is that i feel like these two people are brothers and that they have this relationship together and it's it's kind of like what we talked about in hello high water where two people you feel the chemistry between them yeah and so side note also in the middle of all this before this even happens uh brad gets a call from the police station saying that they think they identified the guy who did it and he doesn't go in to the yeah. initial beating yeah. because he doesn't want it he's like i already spent so long trying to get over it quote he doesn't want to drudge it all up again so he doesn't go and identify then after all this fraternity stuff you know happens and then brett and brad sort of go off on their on their twosome uh they go to the police station finally and it turns out that because Brad didn't go in. Yeah. Uh, someone else got shot at a gas station or something from yeah. the guy. And they said that they have the guy uh, and he goes to identify him, but he can't identify him in the lineup because it's been so long. And to be honest with you, I couldn't identify him. No, but that's I, I, what I'm saying. Uh, that that's, makes total sense. So like, you know, he went in trying to get closure. and I don't think he did. And then the film ends with him sort of going back to the spot of his, uh, uh, his assault and just sort of standing there. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but because it, it, this movie is about a couple different things and it doesn't quite nail any of them um, fully. Yeah. Um, I just think if you're looking at this from like, oh, this is the journey of like trying to find your masculinity and belonging after certain certain bits of it have been taken away from you and sort of all the, the missteps along the way. And then, you, you know, you finally go back to try to do the right thing and get your life on track. And, and then like, but the message because he couldn't identify the guy was sort of like, but you're too late. So go heal on your own elsewhere. Like I, it was, it was saying a lot of different things that I couldn't quite put my finger on. But he also like the question that Brit asked him at the, at the end of that moment was like, do you, did you let that guy off the hook? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I did. And, and, and I think the question that the, the broader question is, is did they let the fraternity off the hook? Um, you know, and I don't uh, think they did, you know, like it's, it is a little muddled. It's a, I think there's a lot to like navigate here. And I think the final shot of them going back to the, the scene of the crime, uh, where, where Brad was beaten, which is the final moment of the film. And they look back and they're separated by distance now. Um, I'm, I like, whereas everything I think we're seeing is that they're actually gotten closer. Um, and they're two brothers that have actually come together, but the final shot is them being apart from each other. And I, you know, like I don't, it, it's muddy to me and it's, it's, I'm not exactly sure what it's trying to say to me. The thing about this film is, and I guess we're sort of getting into sort of final thoughts territory here is it's a lot of good stuff mixed, uh, mixed with it's okay. All the scenes are good mm -hmm. and they're done well. And mm -hmm. the acting is, is well, is well performed. Yeah. But you mix them all together and there's, and there's something, there's something off about it. Cause you're never quite sure what the important thing is. Right. And that to me was, it didn't break my interest, but the, like the beginning felt like a, just like a montage of rando scenes, the first half. And then finally it got like more cohesive with the fraternity, but then it's not really about the fraternity. So then it's like, it's about the pain and the recovery. And it just didn't like, it didn't have such a clear like boom for me. And I don't know if it's meant to. I feel like it should. I feel like films should. Even if you don't get it, you should know that there's a clear point there somewhere. You should dig for it. Like, for instance, I liked this film. I'm not going to go back and watch it again. Right. Like, I, I just it's it. It was good. Again, and, and it was a different look at this world and uh, and sort of this idea about, you know, masculinity and how it can affect you, whether positively or negatively. Um, and I, I, I would say. Um, if that sounds like something you're interested in, you should see it. Uh, yeah. Shahir, what about you? Final thoughts? Uh, I mean, again, I, I think there's a lot to like about this. The funny thing is my wife and I watched this film and we have a son now. So the, the reason 
the film was cut. Wait, you have a son? Yes, we do have a son. Um, And not the son outside the window, but the one that sleeps in our bed and wakes us up at four in the morning. But when we watched it, we were kind of reeling. And the the reason the film was affecting to us was was thinking about our son in these situations. Oh, future fraternities he's going to be in. Yeah. They're going to have to have like laser paddles and shit. And I was like, and I was like, what's he going to be like? Does he have to go through this? And it started. And for my wife. Strap this jetpack on your ass, bro. And for my wife in particular, who's dealing with having a boy right now, you know, like watching boys be boys around other boys was oh, kind of weird. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And she was like, but my son is so sweet and lovable and, and funny and endearing. Your is, son is a baby. And yeah, exactly. And like, what's he going to be like? In front of, you know, like when he's that age. Oh, I hope he, he's the frattiest bro. <laughs> I hope he's total frat, fratty, frat. Frat, frat bro. Uh, frat dowd. <laughs> so that, I think, again. Oh, no. A, would his nickname be Mac? Mac daddy? No. <laughs> so again, from an anthropological point of view, I think the film is fascinating in presenting us a world that we don't often get a peek into. I think from a narrative point of view, it's the film has got a lot of fat on it. Um, yes. And it, and it, it tends to lose its way from a character standpoint. Um, but I think, you know, like, again, I think there's a lot to like here. I would recommend it definitely as a rental. Yeah, you can stay home and watch it. Watch yeah. the damn thing. But but uh, but I think it, it's a little messy and a little muddled. And I think a film, again, that deals with masculinity in interesting ways is, you know, that is so pointed and so brilliant is Whiplash. And it's unfair to, to, to compare Whiplash sure. to this film. Uh, but Whiplash and After School are two films, recent movies that deal with this kind of idea of masculinity in interesting ways that I think are worth a watch as well. But, I, you know, there's there's a lot to admire here and it's tackling a story that that is is very often unseen. And for that, I admire it, but I don't think it kind of gets there. Right. All right. Well, I mean, this has been the only podcast about the film Goat. Uh, Shahir, when you're not pledging to my fraternity, uh, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, shahirdowd.com, uh, where you can find all my life and works. I know I say this all the time, but Robot Music Video is coming very soon. Sure it is. Um, and before I go, I just want to plug one Criterion Collection film, which is Picnic at Hanging Rock, the um, Peter Weir movie about the disappearance of, of five girls in Australia. I think the reason that this is interesting is that it's a female counterpoint to the idea of collected cultures. Uh, and it's a really fascinating look in the way a female group organizes itself. And I think if you enjoyed GOAT, you might enjoy Picnic at Hanging Rock from the Criterion Collection available on Hulu. Matthew Kroll, where can we find you? That was almost shoehorned in a little bit. Uh, you can find me at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com or Emperor MSK on Twitter or Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on the Instagrams. You can also find us at OnlyMoviePodcast.com and you can write us in at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com with all of your uh, likes, dislikes. Were you in a fraternity? Did we? Um, did we upset you with the review or did you think drink, it was drink, spot on? Drink, drink, um, drink, Also, drink. give us some requests. We're trying to get to them as soon as we can. Uh, yeah, and also iTunes. There's iTunes. a lot of also's here. Also, 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 you got to get those iTunes in if you like us. Just, you know, one to five stars anywhere in there. Just uh, write what you think. Go with what you feel. Go with your, follow your heart. Do an equation. Is it six minus one? Give us five. Uh, yeah, uh, and that, yeah, that has been, uh, that's been our show. Yeah, it's almost noon. Let's get drinking. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.